Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. afternoon or good night however whenever it is you may be listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the take it easy podcast on a lovely what if wednesday y'all seem to really love these types of podcasts, so we are bringing you What If Wednesday, one day out from the NFL Draft. It's a draft week edition of What If Wednesday, y'all. We've got a fun, fun show planned for you today. Hopefully more fun than last year, because last year when I came on this show, I sat here the day before the draft, and I told you that Miami would be making a catastrophic mistake by passing on Tua Tungavailoa because Tua was the guy for two years that Miami was tanking to get. And lo and behold, it would have been the wrong pick for the Dolphins. It, Justin Herbert has been awesome. Tua Tungavailoa has been less than awesome. Did I want to bring up that I spent 30 minutes telling you that the Dolphins would be idiots for messing this up at the last minute by taking Justin Herbert? Absolutely. I did not want to bring that up, but I'm going to bring it up to explain what today's what if is, because as we are all tuckered out of Kyle Pitts and Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and we'll be talking about that probably every single day, all the way until probably next week, if I had to be honest, when we cover the holy hell out of the NFL draft, I wanted to do a fun What If Wednesday, which is, what if we redrafted the 2020 NFL Draft one year out? We have all the information of one year of sample size, and yet, from my research, the NFL Draft looks entirely different than it did before. So we'll get to that in a second, but we do have da-na-na, da-na-na, breaking news on the show, which is maybe not breaking news because of its significance, but by the timing of when this news broke, because just 40 minutes before we went on the air, it was known to anyone and everyone in the NFL world that Antonio Brown has just re-signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, This has been a nice little pickup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because now all 22 Super Bowl starters will be back next year. Their top 16 snap count leaders on offense, their top 21 snap count leaders on defense, all three of their coordinators, and this is from Field Yates, by the way, on Twitter, which is absolutely nuts that they were able to bring everyone back. And Antonio Brown has a... 
Antonio Brown has a weird uh, choice here where he uh, takes the minimum contract and uh, all of a sudden it is uh, working out very well for the Patriots. Antonio Brown only got $3.1 million, but they are circumventing the holy hell out of this salary cap thanks to that reworked Tom Brady deal. Shaq Barrett took a little bit less, and by virtue of Chris Godwin not signing a long-term deal, they're actually hurting themselves towards the cap, which is pretty remarkable given how Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl and they're bringing everyone back. I, again, I've said they're the favorites in the NFC, even over the Packers, by virtue of everyone looks like they're getting at least a little bit better, other than maybe a few pieces, but more than per se the Packers or the Rams just not having enough. It'll be interesting to see, but the Bucks are definitely the favorites in the NFC South with or without Antonio Brown, but business is booming. Also, Caleb Farley tested positive for COVID. I don't know if that would have anything to do with his draft stock going down. I think he was supposed to attend the draft. So now we only have 12 families at the NFL draft. But uh, yeah, Caleb Farley is uh, falling on these draft boards. Some people think he might fall out of the first round because of his injury concerns. And uh, J.C. Horn's very clearly number two. Uh, but when healthy, he's got the medical red flag. But Blake Jude says that uh, Caleb Farley is... Uh, his 10th overall prospect, and I remember we did our way, way, way too early mock draft the week of the Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, the week of the Pro Bowl, and we said like Caleb Farley might be the fourth pick in the draft, so someone's getting first-round talent at second-round prices or late first-round prices if they land Caleb Farley, and that works out for a lot of people. It worked out most recently in the NBA super well for Michael Porter Jr. and the Denver Nuggets. That ended up being an awesome one because he was with without injuries, a, a contention for the number one pick. He was the number one recruit in his high school class. So without injuries, it would have worked out much better for Michael Porter Jr., maybe less so now. After going 13, he's not like a superstar, but he is a nice third piece on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals. So a nice little complimentary piece, Antonio Brown and Caleb Farley following on falling on draft boards. Those are the big news of the morning now, and I felt like they should be addressed. I was hoping to wake up to some Julio Jones news, but nothing of those sorts, or Jimmy Garoppolo being shopped, which, by the way, just as a side note before we get to What If Wednesday, the idea of shopping Jimmy Garoppolo now and coming down off your first-round price tag I mean, you're shooting yourself in the foot, and it's really like the 49ers trade up to number three because they know that they decided as an organization they're getting a quarterback, but they don't decide which quarterback they want, even when they have intel that one is Trevor Lawrence and two is Zach Wilson because, you know, everyone knew that was going to be the case. So you've got those two. You're at three, but you don't know who you're going to take at three. You're days out from the draft, and there's a discrepancy in your organization. Shanahan wants Jones. Top of the team wants Lance. Nobody wants Justin Fields for some reason. But either way, you've got that discrepancy. So you still don't know who you're going to take at quarterback. Now you've decided that you're going to shop Jimmy Garoppolo after saying for weeks and weeks, yeah, Garoppolo's going to be our starting quarterback. This guy just comes in as an alternative. Now you're trying to shop Jimmy Garoppolo. And oh, by the way, you're moving down your price on what Jimmy Garoppolo is worth on the trade market. 
This all seems like a calamity and a cluster bleep and all kinds of C words for the 49ers, and it might work out in the end, because sometimes these cluster bleeps work out in the end, but uh, I am really starting to question Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. First of all, they're going to pass on Justin Fields, but second of all, they're going to do it for Mac Jones is absolutely blasphemous and uh, insane and all of the other C words that I had out there before. Um, so that's just a side note from yesterday is the idea that they're now shopping Garoppolo and lowering their price. You should have been doing that earlier because you might have been able to get a little bit for him. I don't think Garoppolo goes for anything other than like a third and another pick. I don't think they get like more than a day two pick for Garoppolo because they could just cut him and someone can sign him for the same price because what's the market for Jimmy Garoppolo? It looks like it's just Denver and maybe New England, but New England has a deal in place to move up with Carolina. So looks like it's just Garoppolo and uh, Denver and New England and just hanging around and seeing if the 49ers can get a third round pick for him, which at that point, is it the worst thing in the world to just have Garoppolo be your backup quarterback? Doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world if you're the 49ers. Support for the Take It Easy podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and today we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off, plus free shipping, when you use the code TIE, that's T-I-E, at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIE, T-I-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So as we mentioned off the top, it is indeed What If Wednesday. So what if we redrafted the 2020 NFL draft here? Well, I have done that process. 32 picks redrafted based on first-year statistics and knowledge that we have now. Again, it's not entirely based on statistics. It's a redraft, the style of what we were doing the uh, well, last year. But we have redone the top of the draft, adjusted for the rookie seasons of all of these top prospects. And so, without further ado, what if we redrafted the 2020 NFL draft? here on a What If Wednesday. So number one pick is Cincinnati. With the first pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Justin Herbert. The original pick was Joe Burrow. Uh, This one, I guess, seems a bit like a no-brainer. Bengals still needed a quarterback. Herbert obviously looks awesome this year. The guy who goes at number two is the other person you could have debated, but I think the, the Bengals are happy walking away with Justin Herbert. Um, Not that Joe Burrow's been awful. He'll pop up somewhere on here, or if you're looking at today's cover art, you can cheat already at where Joe Burrow will end up. But 
Justin Herbert, number one, Bengals. Uh, Bengals are happy with that. They get the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Two, Washington selects Chase Young. The original pick ends up being correct. And Washington, if they had to do it all over again, they'd still pick Chase Young at number two. That one seemed to work out very swimmingly for Washington. And to be honest, most of us kind of thought that was going to be the case because everything we heard is like Chase Young is close to a top, is a 100 prospect um, or a 99 prospect. Uh, at, the, at the quarterback position, it comes around even rarer. But edge rushers, it's like him and Miles Garrett, and it feels like those are almost guaranteed to be successes when you have a 99 grade. So if Washington had to do it over again, they'd make the exact same pick of Chase Young at number two. Number three, the Detroit Lions select Justin Jefferson, who originally the pick was Jeff Okuda, but Detroit walking away with Justin Jefferson would be heavenly for them because that dude was amazing last year. Broke Randy Moss's receptions record, his receiving yards record as a rookie. Uh, Justin Jefferson had one of the great rookie seasons for a wide receiver, and uh, Detroit will be happy to walk away with him at the number three pick in the draft. Obviously, now they don't have wide receivers, so that changes the game a bit. But at the time, they still had Kenny Galladay, and that would have been a nice little pairing that might have even upped Galladay's numbers, similar to what happened with Adam Thielen. So Justin Jefferson ends up number three with the Detroit Lions. Number four, the New York football giants. Now, I would have given them Joe Burrow here. Joe Burrow would have been the pick, but it looks like they're pretty set on commitment to Daniel Jones. Um, just wanted to put that out there. So, the number four pick, the New York football giants select Jeremy Chin, the DB who went to Carolina at pick 64. The original pick for the Giants was Andrew Thomas. Jeremy Chin was like one of those cool surprises in the draft where he could have, should have, would have won Defensive Player of the Year. But Jeremy Chin goes in the top five now when we redraft here. Um, and not because Jeremy Chin fits a position of need for the Giants, because Jeremy Chin is just best player available, non-Joe Burrow category. Uh, for the New York Giants and uh, Jeremy Chin can be an immediate impact in the Giants secondary compared to Andrew Thomas who wasn't quite so immediate impact on the offensive line so worked out very swimmingly for the New York Giants at number four in a redraft that's usually going to be the case and they get Jeremy Chin. All right fifth pick in the draft Miami Dolphins select Joe Burrow, quarterback, and uh, originally of the Bengals, but Miami's original pick here obviously was Tua Tungavailoa. And I don't think anyone would argue that Joe Burrow is the number two quarterback in his class, even post-injury. Joe Burrow was pretty awesome. And while I've been joking with Blake Jude for a while that, you know, they're gonna they're gonna ruin Joe Burrow and they're gonna if they're gonna ruin Joe Burrow anyways, they might as well let him play with his friends. Uh, this one does seem to be Pretty much set in stone. We can guarantee exactly that uh, Joe Burrow would be the pick for Miami here. Still get their quarterback 
and a more immediate impact, I believe, than Tua Tagovailoa was last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was I too, but Joe Burrow starts Week One for the Bengals, or for the he did start Week One for the Bengals, and he starts Week One for the Miami Dolphins. May who knows? Maybe the Dolphins make the playoffs with Joe Burrow as their quarterback. All right, six for the Chargers. This was a tough one. But with the sixth pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle who originally went to the Buccaneers. Uh, this pick originally for the Chargers was Justin Herbert, and it was almost perfect that, you know, you flip Herbert, you flip Burrow, Tua might go six to the Chargers, but not to be in this case. Uh, they are not going to take Tua Tagovailoa at six when Tristan Wirfs a amazing impact left tackle is still available at pick number six. So the Chargers, as much as they let they needed quarterback because they let Phillip Rivers go, the Chargers, given this information from a year, they're going to take offensive line here and a really damn good one in Tristan Wirfs. They are not going to make that mistake of picking Tua and leaving some of these great players on the board. So seven is Carolina. And number seven for Carolina is Patrick Queen, the inside linebacker originally of the Ravens. Uh, he was a first-round pick as well, late first-rounder. Um, the pick originally here was Derek Brown, who I don't believe Derek Brown made it on our list, which a lot of it had to do with injuries, but I don't believe Derek Brown made the, the first-round list here. Um, Carolina, Patrick Queen turned it around like a bunch at the end of last year, and he finished third in the Defensive Rookie of the Year voting, which even I was a little surprised by. But Patrick Queen turned it on towards the back end of the season. I feel like it's what Blake had been telling us the whole way was that Patrick Queen is a guy he really likes, and going to Baltimore seems like a perfect fit. And lo and behold, Baltimore did improve with Patrick Queen in the middle of that defense, and now Carolina will be very happy to replace Luke Keekley with a Patrick Queen and put him next to Shaq Thompson on the right side of that linebacking core. Eighth overall, the Arizona Cardinals select Chase Claypool, the second-round wide receiver from Pittsburgh. The original pick here was Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker, but... Arizona will be more than happy to walk away with the second-best wide receiver in this draft class. If Jefferson's going to go at three, Claypool is the super weapon, Julio Jones slash Calvin Johnson slash DK Metcalf that everyone is looking for in this draft. And now we're about to draft Kyle Pitts to put him in the Chase Claypool role. Chase Claypool was awesome as a rookie. Immediate impact guy, and a, we think will be a long-term impact guy. Put him next to DeAndre Hopkins. Damn it, you've got yourself a receiving core. And then you put uh, Christian Kirk in the slot. Damn it, you've got yourself a receiving core in Arizona. So Canadian Chase Claypool is the pick at number eight for the Cardinals. Number nine, the Jaguars select... Anton Winfield, the second-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is now a Jaguar. The original pick here was corner C.J. Henderson. Winfield is a safety, but the Jaguars kind of had positions of need all over the place, so Winfield seems to be a nice little pick there for the Jaguars. I think that uh, 
they'll be happy with Anton Winfield, anchors the safety position. He was a key part of the Buccaneers Super Bowl team, even as a rookie. Um, he was a guy that everyone knew their name, but knew his name by the time the postseason rolled around. Um, was battling injuries in that NFC Championship game and then in the Super Bowl, so wasn't quite the same impact, but regular season, awesome impact for Anton Winfield. Uh, 10 and 11, same picks. Cleveland takes Jedrick Wills. Jets take Mekhi Becton. Those two are pretty interchangeable, and they're the number two and number three left tackles in their class. You could pretty much interchange Jedrick Wills and Mekhi Becton, but the Jets and the, the Browns are happy with how it worked out. Like, they couldn't be happier with how those picks worked out. So no changes there. Jedrick Wills, 10. Jets, Mekhi Becton, 11. Those were the original picks. The Browns and the Jets will take their offensive linemen and be extremely happy with how it worked out. All right, 12 is Las Vegas. Viva, viva Las Vegas. And uh, they get a chance to do right what once went wrong at pick number 12. Because with the 12th pick in the NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select... C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma and the Dallas Cowboys. And the original pick here was Henry Ruggs. And C.D. Lamb was available at this pick. And they passed on C.D. Lamb. And it did not work out very well for the Raiders in hindsight. Now, I do not always trust John Gruden with these situations. But given a redo, I think he would do the same thing and take the wide receiver that he probably should have taken at pick number 12, C.D. Lamb, who ended up falling all the way to pick 17. So the Raiders take C.D. Lamb off the board. Number 13 is the Buccaneers. And with the number 13 pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select James Robinson, the running back originally from the Jaguars, who went undrafted in the 2020 NFL Draft and ended up being the third leading running back in the NFL last season. Tampa Bay ended up signing Leonard Fournette when the start of the season rolled around, but if you can get a 1,000-yard running back just like that, Tampa Bay is going to take it. So James Robinson sitting there at 13. They could definitely use an offensive line, like Tristan Wirfs was a big part of that Super Bowl team. But without a solid offensive lineman available at this point in the draft, they will be more than happy to walk away with James Robinson at pick number 13 and solidify that running back position for a little bit. For a Super Bowl run, more specifically, too. All right, pick 14, the 49ers. They select wide receiver T. Higgins. Who ended up going to the Bengals in round two. T. Higgins is the guy for San Francisco. Originally this pick was Javon Kinlaw. But San Francisco took a wide receiver with their second pick. And so bringing in T. Higgins seems to be the smart play for San Francisco. Uh, they ended up taking Brandon Ayuk later like I mentioned. So T. Higgins is just a better wide receiver than Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this one seems to be San Francisco just filling that position of need. 15, Denver, they picked Jerry Judy. The exact pick that they made before was Jerry Judy. So no changes there. I think that's like our fourth one with no changes. There's Washington, Cleveland, the Jets, and Denver will take Jerry Judy and be happy 
with Jerry Judy at pick number 15. Number 16, the Atlanta Falcons select safety slash corner Legarius Sneed, who ended up being a fourth round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now going in the first round, Legarius Sneed was awesome last year. He had two picks in the playoffs. And you know I love Legarius Sneed. And you know I love talking about the Falcons' defense and how horrible it is. So the original pick here was A.J. Terrell, who surprisingly hasn't come off the board. He'll come off the board at some point here. But the Falcons passing on Legarius Sneed seems unnecessary here. They can get Legarius Sneed and be more than happy with their immediate impact guy. Maybe doesn't have as high an upside as prospects like Okuda and A.J. Terrell or C.J. Henderson, but boy, they are going to be happy with their pick there if you're the Atlanta Falcons. The Dallas Cowboys at pick 17 select... Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, originally picked number 23 by the Chargers. He goes at number 17 to the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, this seems to be a nice little pickup here for Dallas. Helps build that interior de defense, which obviously ended up being like 31st in passing and yards and points last year. One of the worst in the league. So Dallas does not draft C.D. Lamb this time around. This time they put the emphasis on building up their defense, and Kenneth Murray ends up being that guy. Maybe they can sign someone in free agency this offseason after a tough year last year, but at least they've got Kenneth Murray. Number 18, the Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team. They'll run the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. They select Jeff Okuda, the corner from Ohio State, and originally the pick was Austin Jackson, but Okuda, thanks to injuries and, you know, a turnover of staff in Detroit, he is going to be kind of a lost soul at this point, but Jeff Okuda could be a nice little pickup for a team that really likes putting corners in there, so you could put Okuda and Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, they could have a really good cornerback class in Miami because you know they took Noah, I can't say his last name, at pick 30. So Jeff Okuda seems to be the nice little pickup here for Miami. Number 19, the Las Vegas Raiders already selected CeeDee Lamb. They select Tua Tagovailoa, the cornerback from... Originally, the Miami Dolphins in Alabama is going to the Viva Las Vegas Raiders. And I think the Raiders would be more than happy to take two at 12. In this scenario, he just happens to fall all the way to 19. So Vegas gets the quarterback. And I've been saying for years, Vegas needs to move on or try an upgrade from Derek Carr. And Tua might be the answer to that. If he slides all the way there in the draft, they temper expectations a little bit, but obviously the upside is still there for Tua. It's the reason the Dolphins are recommitted to him as well as Deshaun Watson's legal issues, but the Dolphins are here to reaffirm their commitment to Joe Burrow, and the Raiders are ready to move on 
and reset and bring Tua into the thick of things and maybe move on from Derek Carr. So Vegas gets their guy at 19. Number 20, the Jaguars of Jacksonville select A.J. Terrell, the corner who originally went 16. They took uh, Clavon Chase on at this pick, but also needed a corner. So they go Anton Winfield at 9, A.J. Terrell at 20. What a nice little tag team there in the secondary for the Jaguars. Still ends up getting Trevor Lawrence, but now you have fortified that defense like nobody's business at Jacksonville. Whew. You've got now Miles Jack. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Anton Winfield. You've got A.J. Terrell. You've got... Who else is there on that defense? There's someone pretty good there. I just can't remember who it is now for Jacksonville. I guess they traded Unique and Gakwe, but... Anyways, Jacksonville's got a pretty damn good defensive core being built out. Uh, 21, Philadelphia, who originally took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. This time they just take the excitement out of it. They select Isaiah Simmons, who was the number eight prospect last year, the eighth pick, fourth overall. Ends up falling to Philly at 21, and... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Philadelphia doesn't necessarily need a linebacker. They could put him in a better position than the Cardinals have because the Cardinals use him at inside linebacker and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But Philadelphia, I think with Isaiah Simmons, it's just kind of a BPA thing. And I think I've kind of like acknowledged that, you know, the Eagles are going to rebuild anyways. So if last year were year one of a rebuild, and they could draft Isaiah Simmons, I think they'd be happy with that pick. Just the, the pure talent of it all. Maybe he breaks out in year two, year three. But Arizona is uh, Arizona didn't use him quite correctly, and if the Eagles bring him in, maybe that changes, and maybe they get a top five prospect from last year uh, who ends up at 21 for the Eagles as part of their rebuild. Just get talent. And value, and that's what the Eagles are trying to maximize. I picked 21. 22, Minnesota. This was the Justin Jefferson pick. And uh, they traded this pick they acquired for Stephon Diggs. And it seems like a perfect fit for what we want to do next, which is the Minnesota Vikings. Select Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver who originally went 25 to San Francisco now goes 22 to Minnesota. Kind of plug him into the Justin Jefferson role. I think they're probably upset that they don't get Justin Jefferson, but Brandon Ayuk is not a bad consolation prize. If you want to plug him into the exact same role that Justin Jefferson had and maybe get you 1,000 yards on the season. Brandon Ayuk is not a bad situation, even though, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, sixth wide receiver off the board, but it's more of a testament to just how deep this wide receiver class was for the uh, 2020 wide receiver class was just deep. Um, we didn't even get Michael Pittman in here. Michael Pittman was pretty good last year. So six wide receivers in the top 22 is a testament to how good this class is. 23, the Chargers who originally traded up with the Patriots to select Kenneth Murray. But in this scenario, the trade-up is even more perfect for who the Chargers want to pick at 23, which is 
Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, originally of the Eagles' second-round pick. Jalen Hurts goes 23 to the Chargers, who passed on to a pick six. So getting back up to 23 and getting Jalen Hurts is not a bad consolation prize, especially if they want to roll out with Tyrod and address the quarterback situation down the road. I think the Chargers are happy to land Jalen Hurts down at pick number 23. Do I know what Jalen Hurts is going to be? Hell no, I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. That's going to take a lot of time to figure out what Jalen Hurts is going to be, or at least some sort of a larger sample size. But I do think this is the right step in the right direction for the Chargers. At least bring him in, let Tyrod play, and maybe Jalen Hurts has that awesome takeover like Justin Herbert had. Not quite to the level of Justin Herbert, but it just gives you a larger sample size on Jalen Hurts in what ends up being a lost season for the Chargers last year. All right, pick 24. The New Orleans Saints at pick number 24 select Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle, originally picked 14 to San Francisco. He goes at 24 to the New Orleans Saints. Unfortunately for San Francisco, one pick before they could have gotten him anyways. But Javon Kinlaw is a just position of need now for the Saints. They got rid of Michael of Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown wasn't necessarily, he was probably the weak link of that defense last year. So Saints get Javon Kinlaw, plug him in at defensive tackle, similar to what the 49ers wanted to do. And he wasn't quite worth what he got picked, but he's not too far off based on a, his rookie season. So Javon Kinlaw, 24 to the New Orleans Saints, sets up San Francisco at 25 to take best prospect. Who's the best prospect in this scenario? That would be running back Antonio Gibson. And we know Kyle Shanahan is great with these running backs. Uh, they obviously don't have Tevin Coleman anymore. They kind of have a gap at running back now. But they spent a lot of last year running with, you know, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Mike James and uh, I forgot the other guy's name who was uh, the junior running back for San Francisco. But uh, Richie James maybe. But anyways, San Francisco gets Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson almost went for 1,000 yards with... with um, Washington as a fourth round pick. So Antonio Gibson in San Francisco would make them very, very happy at the running back position. 26 is Green Bay, and Green Bay selects corner C.J. Henderson with the 26th pick in the draft. Green Bay uh, gets a guy that, you know, is a, the original pick here was Jordan Love, and to fortify that corner position a little bit. I know C.J. Henderson didn't have a great year, but the talent is still there. He had a few tackles and missed games with injuries, so maybe not quite the high-impact player Green Bay was hoping for, but at the very least gives him more of a contribution than Jordan Love, so works out all right for Green Bay. 27, Seattle. They select... Andrew Thomas, the tackle who originally went number four to the Giants. Seahawks originally took Jordan Brooks here. I don't think they're quite happy with that pick anymore, but Jordan Brooks isn't terrible. He's just a third-round prospect that we all thought was a third-round prospect, or at least Blake Jude thought he was a third-round prospect. Um, Andrew Thomas as a left tackle is going to be a nice little move, and they trade for Gabe Jackson this year. 
Uh, Seattle's got themselves a nice little offensive line if they know they can get Andrew Thomas in the in the in the folds of things. I think that could be a nice little move there for the Seattle Seahawks. 28, Baltimore selects Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin, who originally went to the Colts in round two. They originally took Patrick Queen here, but in the third round, Baltimore took J.K. Dobbins. So they definitely have the hole to fill at running back, and why not get a guy who went for 1,000 yards last year? Jonathan Taylor went for 1,000 yards with the Colts, and the offense that I say any running back could go for 1,000 yards in because Marlon Mack went for 1,000 yards in that offense. So you, I was, that pause was so you guys could finish it with me. But Jonathan Taylor, 28 to Baltimore. 29, Tennessee, they pick Cameron Curl. The corner slash safety from originally Washington. He was a third or fourth round pick last year. Uh, Tennessee originally took uh, Isaiah Wilson with this pick. That one ends up being a bust for them. But Cameron Curl's just a nice impact guy in the secondary, which this year is their biggest position of need because they got rid of Adoree Jackson. They got rid of Malcolm Butler. Now they have a huge position in the secondary. And uh, Cameron Curl can fill that void a little bit for the Titans, at least more than Isaiah Wilson could. So Cameron Curl is the 29 pick. Miami at 30 selects Cesar Ruiz. He was originally picked 24 by New Orleans. And uh, Miami's going to be happy with Cesar Ruiz because they just traded Eric Flowers yesterday. They're going to pay Eric Flowers $6 million to not play for them, i.e. the old Moneyball line. Uh, no, nah, the Yankees are paying half your contract. They're paying you $7 million to not play for your team. Well, this one's even more egregious, that Miami is paying about 66% of his contract. They're paying $6 million for Eric Flowers to not play for their team. And uh, that is the fun situation that Eric Flowers finds himself in. And the Dolphins can fortify that interior offensive line with their third first-round pick of the draft, now with Joe Burrow, now with Jeff Okuda, and now with Cesar Ruiz. The Dolphins can fortify the same three positions that they tried to address last year in the draft. 31 Minnesota will select Jeff Gladney, the exact pick that they had at 31, mostly because there weren't that many great corners available post-CJ Henderson. So might as well just take the pick you already took and be happy with the way it worked out. Kind of similar draft for Minnesota. They took Gladney there, and they took uh, Brandon Ayuk just instead of Justin Jefferson. So pretty similar draft for Minnesota when we did the redraft. And last but not least, the Kansas City Chiefs select with pick 32 Cam Akers, the second-round back of the Rams, who had, I think, 500 yards in the last four weeks of the season, but 100 in the first 12 or something like that. Um, Cam Akers became the number one running back by the end of the season for the uh, Los, Los Angeles Rams. And you know what? Kansas City is going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with this pick. Might as well, knowing what you know now, take the best running back available at 32, which was Cam Akers from the Rams and uh, FSU now going to the Chiefs. And maybe that helps them win a Super Bowl. Who knows? Probably not. 
considering that the uh, Tampa Bay ends up with James Robinson, an even better running back. Maybe, maybe not. But still, that is our redraft, ladies and gentlemen. Redoing the entire 2020 NFL draft. Fun ones. Herbert on the Bengals. Justin Jefferson on the Lions. Jeremy Chin on the Giants. Tristan Wirfs a Charger. Tua Tagovailoa going to the Raiders. Claypool, the Cardinals, CeeDee Lamb, Vegas. These are just some of my favorites from the redraft. And Andrew Thomas ending up on the Seahawks. Just a few of my favorites from this redraft. I also kind of like Kenneth Murray ending up on Dallas. And of course, gotta love my boy, Legereus Sneed, getting the due respect he deserves as being a number 16 pick in the NFL draft. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping into the Take It Easy podcast. Please subscribe, rate, leave a review. It can be a mean review. I don't care. Just leave those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Leave a nice little comment or a mean little comment and hit subscribe and download those podcasts. If you download as many podcasts as possible, I will notice it because... I notice when we get a big bump in downloads, usually about one or two per episode, those are hugely appreciated. So if you start scrolling down, find some old episodes, hit download, hit download, hit download, hit download. Make sure you're on Wi-Fi when you do it, but hit download over and over and over again on this podcast. It is hugely, hugely appreciative. Thank you to everyone who supports the Take It Easy podcast. Tomorrow is draft day. Blake, Jude, and I have one final mock draft left to do. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and non-binary people alike, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for draft day. This has been What If Wednesday, coming to you live on the Take It Easy podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.